Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode four of the You Wing Some, You Lose Some podcast featuring your boy, Sid. We have an illustrious guest in the building. And when I say illustrious, I mean it. This man works. This man works, works, works. Like, you know, the little Drake gif is like, this is us. We created this. Th th that's you every time you write a piece. Like, between Succession, Wale, Drakeo, anyone, bro. Anyone. Like, all the pieces I've seen have been Teflon. And it's even crazier that, like, I've known you longer than I have because I'm pretty sure we're from, like, the same area of New York. But in the building today, in the streets, outside of Madison Square Garden, even though I live in Baltimore right now, we got we got Mr. Jason Buford in the building. If I had a podcast uh, soundboard, it would be an applause. Yeah, we would do the uh, Nori Drink Champs. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man, for real. Of course, of yeah. course. So just just to start off, uh, last, last night, last night. They won the game, but... About as like lukewarm of a win you can possibly have in the NBA. <laughs> like like I remember, Oh my god! I remember, so they go up really. They go up early and like, and then suddenly it, it, the air just gets kind of uh, sucked out of the, the the energy gets sucked out of it. They kind of just started like dicking around. Like Randall gets caught on a screen as you saw early. Randall gets caught on a screen. I mean, lucky nothing came to it because, I mean, the team we were playing was equally as terrible. It's like Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota can't even get right. They don't have Towns or Edwards even playing. Yeah, no deal. They literally didn't have their top three scorers who all <laughs> average 20 points plus. So, like, yeah. how how do you sleepwalk into a worse? Wally Zerbiak got to talk shit about how he put buckets on the Knicks last night. I love Wally Zerbiak as an SNY talent. I hated Wally Zerbiak, the player, and why did he get a highlight reel? Wally! <laughs> I'm, I'm I, have, I You know, I, I don't want to come on this podcast and start slandering people. I have my opinions on Wally. None of them are good. But, like, <laughs> but like it's a very uninspiring team from top to bottom, really. Right, right. Um, well, actually, I, I might disagree for, with the top to bottom comment because the bottom that doesn't necessarily get to play, I think is a very inspiring floor. For oh yeah. Them. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, Grimes looks like he gives, he's a confident player. looks like he's a solid player. Um, I love watching OB's energy on the court. I think he's one of the team's best players. He has a lot to still work on though. I like our young guys. I don't know if any of our young guys are elite players. Like, right. And I, I, mean, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. I mean, there was a play last night where Obi got the ball and he like kind of just like took steps once he got the ball. And like he clearly has like a lot to do, a lot to learn. Quickly, he's a, a fun player when the shots on, but he can struggle when the shots not on. But he plays hard. He plays his ass off. I mean, we have guys who really do play hard. But Randall has been killing me all season. I mean, not more than Fournier has, obviously, but but it's the energy at times has been poor. It really has been. Right. Arguing, I, I arguing with the refs a lot, taking one on three, you know, uh, 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 holding the ball, not moving the ball. It's it's uh, not making quick decisions. Um, he's reverting back to what he was his first season here, and so that's yeah, it's it's not really a good recipe, quite frankly. Right, and I I think we both talked about this earlier. Um, there there's a certain coach whose expectations have been um a little. Up and down, like you know, I, I can't say it's it's him, but mm -hmm. this has kind of been a consistent pattern with with Tibbs' career. Like year one, you know, you you get the grit and grind guys, you get the guys who are going to play really really hard basketball. You mix it with some nice young talent, you know. You mix it with the D Rose, you mix it with the Carl Towns, you mix it with the Andrew Wiggins, and then the second year, it kind of just looks like, well, why did we hire this guy in the first place? So like yeah. it's it's becoming. I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm not going to call for his job. I mean, I think. Yeah. I think. I think Tibbs is is a, a solid but flawed coach. I don't think that. I don't think that we'd be a better team with him not as our coach. I don't think that. Right, and I agree. He sure as hell. Yeah, I mean, he he sure as hell is not making decisions that I'd be making. But I don't think that the team would be better if Tibbs wasn't the coach. Like I, I think he's. Right. A, I think he's a fine coach who has issues with player evaluation. So like. He generally does not Brother. think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he generally does not evaluate talent in the same way that we do on the internet. Like he just doesn't. And you know, that's that's 
you know, there, there's more complications to the, the to the talent evaluation part on his end because you know that's that's a multi-billion dollar thing that they're doing over there and we're doing interactions and 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 you know we're trying to get in the room where Tibbs is allowed to talk or at least I am that's yeah. you know that's kind of I mean I, I, career trajectory. I think <laughs> I mean I think that we're right I think that we're right that Toppin should play more and that quickly should play right more. and I think like you right. know what I mean? Like and I think I think he needs Grimes. a mix. Of, I, right. Yeah. Same thing with Grimes. I think he needs a mix and match a little bit more. But I don't think like if we were to play those guys, we end up going on like a big ass winning streak. Like I'm like you know what I mean? Like I don't subscribe to that thinking because I just don't think we're that good of a team. Like, we don't have that much talent. I mean, I see this Cavaliers team though, and it's that like that was us last year. That was us last year. Yeah, they, you know they're not really think... that nice either. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. they are. Garland Garland's the best player on that on on. Both of our teams, honestly, Garland on the Cavaliers would be the best player on our team. Like it, it's yeah, Evan Mobley yeah, would be the best player of them all, but Garland as of now, right, is, right, yeah, 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 that I, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Mobley, Mobley, Mobley will probably be the best player eventually. Yeah, and, and I think like, yeah, you know, yeah, something about it, bro. Like this year is not a year where we're really gonna do anything, and I'm not advocating for tanking because like I, I think that's kind of, kind of dorky behavior I'm not gonna like advocate for them to just start losing games but like on a real level we should start thinking about this in terms of like oh we have a long way to go and not we're working towards like building a title we have a long way to go right so I it's like, I, 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 I still uh, I, I uh, you know I, I'm also a writer uh, obviously not as talented as you but I I, I do write um, but yeah I, I wrote an article about about the Knicks and their trade options. And, uh, you know, one one guy was De'Aaron Fox in lieu of having R.J. Barrett there. Um, that's, you know, people have their things about R.J. De'Aaron Fox is having a career terrible year. But it'll, it'll be what it is. And I think that it is much more difficult to find a high-ceiling point guard like De'Aaron Fox than it is to find a kind of project-esque shooting guard like R.J. Barrett. And no, some people might disagree with me about that. Who cares about that? The, the, main, the, main, the main dish here is Damian Lillard. And one, what would it take to get him? And what that would mean for the Knicks? I love Julius Randle. I went to school with Julius Randle. I shared a classroom with Julius Randle. I shared a dorm with Julius Randle. <laughs> Did um, you really? <laughs> yeah, I went, to, I went to the University of Kentucky. Okay, word, word, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class of 2017. Uh, I was there 2013, first year. Uh, Living Champions Lounge. Great time. Loved it there. When did um, they win the title again? Title, title. That was 2012. 2011. Oh, so that's the year before. Oh, damn. No. Uh, the year before was 2012, 2013. I was there 2013, 2014. Oh, okay, okay. 2012, 2013 was Ryan Harrow, Nerlens Noel. Oh, they were, like, not good that year. That's right. They were terrible. They were yeah, god-awful. Right. That's and right. I got deferred from I I got deferred from the school the day after the uh or no I I got like some like rejection sh- shit for like some program or something uh the day after they lost the tournament I was like you know what I shouldn't apply then I should I, <laughs> I should have just waited no big deal <laughs> but yeah uh Damian Lillard Damian Lillard uh that that is the big part of that trade piece and what he would do to the Knicks I I think that Damian Lillard would catapult to the Knicks into a place that they are not ready to be. I think would catapult Julius Randle into a place where if he wants to make more money in this league, he shouldn't be because I don't think he's the second best player on your team. I, I say this with a little, with, a, with, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm down on Julius Randle, but I don't think Julius Randle is the third best player on a championship team. Not because no. I don't believe in Julius Randle. Yeah, he isn't. I mean, I, I, that's not even the style of play he even wants to play. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. And it's 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 about that evaluation and why you go for a De'Aaron Fox over a you know a Damian Lillard. And I think that a guy like De'Aaron Fox can not only increase the ceiling of someone like Obi Toppin, I think he increases the ceiling of all the other guards on the floor just because of how of how well he gets in the lanes and breaks down. And then he it, it takes the ball of Julius Randle's hands. Yeah. Um, like I, I love Randall. What he did last year was amazing. 
but you know, yesterday's price yeah, is not today's price. <laughs> yeah, no, like, no, like I mean, you know, like Joey Clark says, yeah, I mean, he, I think he had a really good year last year. He got hot for a while. Um, he had a stretch where he was really getting, excuse me, he was getting the shots yeah, he wants to get. Um, he was, he was. Uh, uh, he was making his he was he was making his reads well. He was passing well. He would get to the rack and he would, um, he would dish it. Um, whereas I th- I think this year some of the bad habits have come back as he I think has tried to wield his strength and power into the paint, and it's kind of right. realizing and it's kind of realizing that they're not going to call fouls for him. Um, right. Like you're. So- we don't love you like we love Kobe, you know. Like you're, you're not going to get the superstar calls like you. Yeah, want. yeah, it exactly. Sucks, but that's yeah. just, but that's how that's it is. Just the reality of that's how it is. Yeah, of, I mean, you know, bias in the NBA and breathing and all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we were we were watching Melo in the mid 2010s get right. to the rack and get, and for the most part, except for that random Pacers series, get foul calls. Yeah. And like, I think. On some level, like Randall wants that to be the case, but it's just not the case. I went to that Nets game. He's right. Like he was getting to the paint and was like going up strong, but like they, you know, like unless it's like they're like hacking him, hacking him, they're not going to call it. Plus, there were some games where like he missed a lot of free throws. He has not really been good this year, quite frankly. Yeah, no, he's they're, he's been super he's not, underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. And on some level, like a lot of Knicks fans, we were talking shit because people were like, "Oh, expect Randall to go down to 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 uh, to regress," and we were like, "Regress? Why?" But and for in fairness, like we in fairness, like saying that a player is going to regress after eighty two games of him playing at an elite level is like not really that smart. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not that's unprecedented. But like you know, you, you know, crazy things have happened. Like you, you, you know, not everything is 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 you know, uh, played by the book. Yeah. Right. And so and, I think you know, we have, we have, we have case studies on that. Like before Danny Granger got hurt, like Danny Granger was kind of a elite level, small forward for the, the player. And then he wasn't. And right. then Paul George came around and then Danny Granger became a third thought. And a, yeah. And it, he just like George Hill was getting more, was getting more uh, run and more like, time on ball than Danny Granger after coming off like all-star seasons. So like, yeah, crazier things have happened in this. Yeah. World. I mean, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite possible. Randall doesn't come back to that level ever again. And like Knicks fans need to be, need to be prepared for that. I don't think we're going anywhere this season. The Kimba stuff has been pretty fun. He was unfairly blamed for uh, some of the struggles earlier in the season, but he still really wasn't playing well. Like he wasn't playing yeah, well, really. Like, let's not, two, two let's things not act like too. yeah, yeah. Let's not yeah. act like Tibbs was like uh, completely off the off the mark here. Like he was not playing well at all. Yeah, no. Two um, things can, can be. Kimba true needs and... a lot of rest. Kimba can still be good because he can still score, um, and he's still like a very creative player and a, and a really tough competitor. But he needs like a lot of rest to keep that knee like really healthy. Because like right. when he plays like a lot of games, he really can't get to the paint anymore. That's really like, what happened I, earlier in the season. Yeah, and I and I don't think he should be playing tonight. Like, oh yeah, if they play him tonight, they're they're yeah yeah yeah. He like, you, you 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 want a negative defensive rating, and again, that mm-hmm. that Nick starting five, one of the worst defensive starting five in the league. Yeah, and now that I'll blame on Fournier. Good. Honestly, a lot of that I'll blame on Fournier. Like he legitimately as a defender is um, not good. It's it's all of them except RJ and state of affairs, RJ Barrett, context, RJ Barrett. We need to be a bit more fair to him, but you know, it's it's RJ, you know, quite frankly, I think RJ's a, a, a I think RJ's an okay player, like, but <laughs> there are games where and he, he had the stomach bug and he had COVID and so like I, I don't think he's like at I don't think he's been at hundred percent since like the first stretch of the season. Right, where he was like really seventeen, eighteen. He was like really playing well, Um, but like quite frankly, there are times where I forget that he's on the fucking court, and it's like you know, like you know, I don't know what the game plan is. You you know, they're not always looking for him, but he can't really create unless it's like he's coming off of a screen or 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 something staggered. You know, he's not a guy. Part of yeah, that that's part part of of his development. Yeah, yeah, and it would be right now. development. Yeah, right. And I mean, God willing, right? Of... Like, like a, a lot willing, like you know, like his development will be a little bit towards 
slanted towards like um, you know uh, Ginobili or or or, uh, or Devin Booker or, or or Harden, where he can like a six six guy, six five guy that can like break you down, but it can get to the paint and it's still built. But again, an- another guy who can't really hit hit free throws that well, and like yeah, RJ might be good at a lot of things but not really great at anything, which is what exactly what the ML was coming out of the draft, which said he's a worker, but like not really ever gonna be a leader in anything. And so a lot of that a lot of players like that in the NBA, there's there aren't a lot of players like that in the NBA that are like getting all star appearances. Because the NBA now is all about what you can do at an elite level as opposed right. to like, oh, you're just a good quote unquote basketball player. And RJ, so I, I think his yeah. ceiling is so RJ best case scenario. If everything goes right, he develops the way he he should. Yeah, I, I think we're looking at a Kawhi Leonard type player, but I, I think oh, if shit. RJ stays the course for kind of being so a Kawhi Leonard, guy, Kawhi Leonard is one of the greatest players of this generation. It is like if all things go right, I think RJ is like a step below Kawhi Leonard. Like of so all things, that, if he stays the course, I think he's Jimmy Butler, uh, or a step below Jimmy Butler. Almost. <sighs> Jimmy Butler is another really, really great player who can get to the rack and get easy buckets, and RJ can't really. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy dead. Butler, Jimmy Butler wasn't that fast coming out. You got to remember, yes, was a, yes, there, there was a lot of they. They were doing the D Rose, like who should take that last shot, the Jimmy oh, Butler man. or the Derrick Rose, the Luol. Should we play Luol Dang more minutes? Should see, I think, see, I think RJ is Luau Dang at best. Ooh, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that hurts. Jimmy, but that's fair. That's fair. Jimmy Butler is a really great player. Like, I, I like. Right. I mean, I can't. Those modes. Well, honestly, and, and, and on a real level, over. and on a real level, I can't stand Jimmy Butler. I think yeah, that like, Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat culture, like I work harder than you, shit is like real, like nasty behavior. But like, <laughs> like I think it's yeah, I think it's just like the weirdest fucking uh, uh, cult. Thing ever at least Miami Heat, but like, <laughs> but like, yeah. as a but like as a basketball player, when you watch Jimmy Butler play, that is a guy who is in control of what he's doing constantly. His, his handle is elite. He can score on anybody. He can hit tough. And he can change. He, he change. He he changes based on the needs of yeah. what. Oh, yeah. so like when he was in Philly, um, they needed him to be the off ball scorer. He was flamethrowing back and forth with Kawhi Leonard who was going absolutely dummy in that series. Right. And when they went to the finals, Jimmy Butler upped his game to match LeBron James. He couldn't keep that sustainability, obviously, for obvious reasons, because, you know, LeBron James is one of two greatest basketball players ever. And if someone told me he was one of one greatest basketball player ever, I don't think I'd argue with I Actually, I know I wouldn't argue with you because yeah. I've watched LeBron his entire he's either, I, yeah he's either the greatest player ever or the second greatest player ever i mean pick one i mean both of you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah and there's no wrong and well there is a wrong answer because i i think flat out lebron james is better than michael jordan as a basketball player but it really depends on what you're looking for in said player to do what for what team but that's irrelevant to the point yeah point is jimmy butler did that shit <laughs> so like what can we do here except except hope for RJ and kind of just say, I think RJ is at a crossroads right now. And, hey, and you might be right. He's still 21 years old. I mean, 21 years old is so, it's such a young age for a basketball player in the NBA. I mean, but he's going to command so much money off that Supermax contract. So like, that's kind of the talk. Man, he's not even as good as Andrew Wiggins right now. Like, I got, I, 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 no, that's fair. I hope to, I, and look, and I, and Wiggins just, got like solid enough right like <laughs> like he just now right. in his it, it, eight, took, it took a while it took yeah, eight it took years and it took him going to golden state which is like the greatest team yeah being, like, the greatest go- developmental besides like yeah you, yeah yeah, yeah. you, you can go to golden state i can you can go to golden state and be a solid player because it's just like they'll they'll tell you like what to do and yeah i figure something out yeah yeah, like, yeah you can figure worst something case scenario, out yeah. Yeah, worst case scenario, find the light skinned guy running back and forth. Like, yeah, it's, it's the not only that bad. The only bad Warriors player I've ever seen was like uh, 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 Festus Avilis. Like that's the like, like, not even. It, it, yeah. I, and and he wasn't even he, like terrible. He, he was, was even like, like terrible. He just yeah, should have been. A, he should have been on the court in the finals, but he wasn't even like terrible yeah. like that. It's just like bro, like I don't even think like 
I can't even sit here and be like, I think RJ is going to be an, uh, an all-star player anymore. Like, I used to, like, after last season, I was kind of thinking that. But even then, that, that Atlanta series, like, exposed him, for, like, for, like, yeah, he's got a lot to work on. Right. And I think a big yeah. part of that was a lot of coaching mishaps. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're, 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 we're Nick's Twitter. We, we, we are the culture. I don't know if anyone wants to hear that. Like we are Venom. We, we are the culture. When, when, when you talk, when Sean talks, when, when, when Kyle talks, people listen, <laughs> like people are good, going good, to... good, uh, uh, good analysts, good podcasters, good, good, good writers, right. good people. Yeah. Sean, yeah, exactly. Sean and, Sean and Kyle, like they really know what they're talking about too. And they have like all really, the time. I, no, I, I yeah. have a I have an interview booked with Sean literally next week because yeah. of like no, yeah, necessary no. for, it is to talk to that man. Yeah. For anyone for any for anybody listening, the Knicks Wall podcast is very good and I highly recommend for any Knicks fan listening. But yeah, it, yes. it's like but like even those guys, you know, honestly, like even those guys are higher on the young guys than I am, bro. Like, you know, Sean and Kyle, they're great, but like they're higher on those young guys than I am. It's like right now, all I know is that they play hard. That's all I know. Really? Okay, that's, that's all we know. That's all we know. Grimes can shoot a little bit. It looks like, and plays hard. McBride plays hard. I think he can. De- I, I think McBride. Not, yeah, McBride's a, a tough guard. He's not yeah, scared. I think he can defend a lot of bait. Yeah, Great. I think he's a, a better end Patrick Beverly who can actually shoot, despite like Pat Beverly having like a yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, season. I mean, I mean, I think he can be better than. I think it's. I think it's. Pretty reasonable. Yeah, like I, I said, higher, like, higher. I see, I think Pat Beverly is so ass, and so like, there's so, a, do I. so do I. Yeah, yeah. There's but, a know, level of, like, is there I've never even like, like annoying. I've never guy. even be, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never even been like no, but like I know what you mean, like that annoying guy. But I've never even been like a Beverly. Like oh, I I understand Pat Beverly's worth. Like I've always thought I agree with Russ that Beverly runs around and does nothing. But like if oh yeah, yeah same. He doesn't. He really doesn't really do anything. But like yeah, I think McBride has a chance to be better than Beverly. Like. By a pretty oh, good mark. by far. Yeah, no, like, he'll be better than Beverly, like, in a year and a half. He can already score. He can already score better than Beverly really could ever score, really, to be honest. Like, his scoring yeah. instincts are already way better than Patrick Beverly's scoring instincts. Like, um, so I, I think McBride, I think they play hard. I think Toppin's athleticism is something that the other teams can never re- really replicate. Because when he's on the right. floor, it's hard for other teams to play above the rim like that. And he always plays better than he always. And like, it's not that he's like completely that skilled yet. And it's, it's, it's getting there. The shots getting there, although it's been a little bit disappointing, but he hit one last night. Um, the off the dribble right. stuff is disappointing, but athletically speaking, he reaches a dimension that is not really matched on the court by anyone, including, right. and especially the opposition. And so he he reminds me of Stormel Swift. That's who he reminds me of. He yeah, Stormel Swift might have came in the wrong era. Stormel Swift was like kind of like <laughs> I remember like Stormel Swift always being on like Sports Center top ten, but really doing nothing else other than that. Like I can right. see, yeah, like I could I could see Toppin like being way better than Stormel Swift. But like, yeah, there is a level of like a Larry Nance. Tyrus Thomas was a was also another guy who like was above the rim and just like yeah. But yeah. there was a, yeah. I, I think there's, I think there's a feel in, um, or there's a, uh, there's an ability to run that top and has, I think that is, that's, that's really useful. Uh, you can really get right. on a fast break. Right. Um, I, I really like Obi as a player. I think he has a long, again, I think another guy who still has a long way to go. Like, yeah. I mean, a, a long way to go. Um, I mean, you know, state, state of affairs. Yeah. State of affairs. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about um, Mitch this season? So that's ooh, I'm I'm gonna get you. Whew. I mean, I've been immensely disappointed. I seriously like I, so, I mean. So literally, I have I literally like like I said, I I really like to do my research. So like I made sure I knew what what I was expecting with Mitch because I wish I could show you my notes. It it's lit like it literally says in a bubble the Mitchell Robinson disappointment. I I don't know. Um, I I want I I want to be more impressed by Mitchell Robinson but at the same time I want to be I, I I want him to do more and he disappoints me too but not in a way where I always feel disappointed it's just like really it's like we're not past this yet and so yeah. much of it is injury so much of it is the changing body shape and we've seen what happens when when the changing body kind of happens and and how people can go into it like we see Giannis and of course I'm not I'm I'm not making that comparison to Giannis but like it's there and you see how changing bodies can really impact how 
players move and how they carry weight and things like that. So I don't want to say I'm disappointed in Mitchell Robinson this year. I do want to say if he, if this is the case next year, I will have not felt bad for advocating for him to be traded for in some sort of package for Miles Turner. Oh, I mean, I traded for Miles Turner like right now. Right. I mean, I, I would do it anyway. Right. But I would feel I bad. Mean, I mean, yeah. like here's the, here's my issue with Mitch, and it's like okay. it, it's like there's a few issue, there's a few issues. He doesn't set screens that well. He like is not a disciplined player. If 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 you're going to be a defensive anchor, if you're going to be a defensive stalwart, if you're going to be one of those, you know, big man, uh, uh, ideally, you know, the the Dallas Texans Chandler pick. I mean, name uh, name uh, Mark the Marcin Gortats. The you know, if you're going to be those type of players, right? If, you, if you're going to be the defensive center, yeah, there has to be gonna, more yeah. discipline. There just has to be more. There, you and, have to be such a smart. Uh, fundamentally sound. I don't think people realize that about that position, that kind of dunker's five spot position. It's not just like you can catch an alley hoop. It's like you have to do a lot of communication, a lot of... Right, you do a uh, lot of heavy lifting and talking and to being defend, in the middle. Of the yeah, zone. yeah. The ability to right, set right, screens, right. the ability... You have to really do a lot of those little things that he has no idea how to do. Like, no right. idea. And doesn't want to do it and, like, doesn't really, like, get it really yet. Um, and Noel is even worse if you can think if you can imagine like Noel actually oh, has, no. Yeah, well, like no. Noel actually has no idea how to play offense in general um, yeah and it's like it's hilarious like but he just has no he's got no clue and and some and that's that's something that's innate you know what I mean like instincts offensively is innate right uh, it's something that he just like doesn't really have but like and that's okay you know what I mean like Noel's a Noel's an elite shot blocker and still is and will always be an elite shot blocker so like there'll always be a place for Noel like on the team and in the league but like right, I mean right, right. between him and Mitch they both like struggle with There the has league. to be some sort of discipline somewhere There is a the mental line. there is a mental uh there's a mental block they have when it comes to the game of basketball currently it's particularly Mitch that is right. like it, it, it is frustrating to watch as a fan. Like, it really is. Right. Um, so, I, I actually just got a notification um, that there is a Miami game being either being postponed or, or something like that. Um, I, I don't really... Yeah, Miami game postponed. Tenth game uh, postponed of the season uh, because Miami is short based on COVID cases and injuries. But this notification came from one Adrian Wojnarowski. <laughs> Like I said, I do my research. I've seen the tweets. I've I've watched your your one shot videos. Talk to me about Adrian Wojnarowski and how the hell oh, so he ended un- up he, being he unblocked me recently. Really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Dude. Yes. Yes. I yeah, don't know. I don't know how. Words. I don't know how this. Ha- okay. So backstory. Um, right. Up until a week ago, Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, formerly of Yahoo Sports, had me blocked on Twitter. The problem with this is that I would have to log into my alt account, which I don't, which I only use to be a shithead, and I had to log into that account to like constantly look at the breaking news I was dropping. And so on my main account, it would be like people would be responding to what was going on and like being like, Oh my God, blah, blah. blah and I would never be able to see the tweet. So I wouldn't know what was happening. That's, that's gotta be hard as a fan. Like, no, that, it's that, just that like, it's just like, I would, it, yeah. It's just like, imagine there being a 30 second delay on the game that you're watching and everyone is like cheering on and they know what happened. And you're like waiting for the delay 30 seconds later. Then you figure out what happened 30 seconds later. It's like, it's just annoying. It's just a, it's just a nuisance. And right. so recently, well, I made a I made a series of YouTube videos joking about this, being like, "Why did he do this?" You know, blah blah blah. But I've been doing some YouTube comedy a little bit, so I I, I was joking like I was Team Shams, and then he blocked me because I said I was Team Shams. Was actually thinking that's what happened. I said something like Shams is on Wolves' bumper. I said some shit like that, and I think he actually blocked. <laughs> like he on that ass. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like he's cooking you, bro. He's like, cooking you, bro. Yeah, and I think he probably based off of that, which is like you know that's that's his prerogative. And then up until recently last week, I realized that I could see his tweet, and I was like, what? And I was like, oh my god, Wolves unblocked me. And so I don't know if he saw my bylines. 
I don't right. know if someone who happens to follow me and also happens to know him told him, hey, block this kid. I don't right. know. Like, he's traveled through the he's traveled through the, yeah, he's to do, yeah. traveled through the Twitterverse. I'm a public figure nowadays. Maybe he saw my bylines. I was like, ah, oh. you know, this kid seems like, oh, wow, I have him block. I'll unblock him. Yeah. Whatever, whatever have you, I am unblocked by Woj now. It's all good. Okay. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, if I ever meet him, I'm going to give him a friendly handshake, and we're going to laugh about it. Um, so, yeah, Team Woj. Uh, okay. He, 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 he tweeted some breaking news, and I replied, excellent work as always, Woj. You know what I mean? Like, really, really, really. It's like the Larry, the Larry David sarcasm, like the episode where, like, everyone hated him. And he's just like, no, I'm going to be the most useful person ever. Like when he's sitting yeah. in the coffee shop, he's like, you know, what what kind of latte is this? It's like, oh, this is just coffee and milk. Like, yeah. Like, oh, I never thought of that. Coffee and milk. <laughs> just, just being like, a, just like kind of just being an asshole. Just because it's just like, yeah, everyone wants to hate me, but like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's extremely. Not fuck you, Woj, if you ever it's, hear it's, this. Extremely. I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't want you to get blocked too either, bro. Um, yeah, no, I ex- whoa, extremely, I extremely Larry David energy on my on my end, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the topic of journalists, Berman, Berman versus the Knicks. I've seen your series of tweets and videos about how the Knicks flat out ignore Mr. Berman. Of I mean, the I New flat out ignore Mr. Berman of the New York Post on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah, I feel um, like we all do, but. You know, he's like the Tim Healy of uh, of baseball or of basketball, and no one cares what Tim Healy. Oh my God, he'll he'll drop he'll drop articles that'll be completely out of bounds, and it's just like right. it's as if like it's as if you, I've been watching a lot of Law and Order recently, and like what the general <laughs> with the original Law and Order by the way, not that fucking SVU garbage that y'all be watching. But the judge will say a lot. It's like you are. It's like be like Mr. McCoy, disregard the last statement, or like. Disregard Mr. McCoy's last statement. It's like that's when when Berman drops an article. It's like disregard every like everything said in it. It's like, strict strictest from the record. Yeah, it's no. I mean, yeah. he's he's interesting guy. He'll ask questions that are just like really grumpy in nature, but like not like in a good way, but like grumpy in like a like for our use like shitting me way. Like he'll be yeah. like he'll be like yeah, you know, the team won by ten, but uh, in the fourth quarter there, uh, you, you let you let him you let him come back into the game. Um. Uh, what's the deal with that? And Tim's would be like, Berman, bring the sunshine, <laughs> right? Like, and it's funny because I, I, I think that Woj, not Woj, I, I think that uh, that Tibbs, he like, I, I don't think I have anything Whoa. bad to say about Tibbs, but I, I feel like he might just be a generally unpleasant person to be around. Not because I, I think less of him or anything, just because like, like overly professional comes to mind with Tibbs, but like. He'll like, oh, but like dad humor, but like dad humor that's not good, but like it's like a ha ha ha. Like, so like if for Tibbs to be like, to actually bring out real dad humor for someone who's like not good at it, it's just like, Berman, what do you do? Like, how how did you get here? Like, who, who yeah. let you in the room, bro? Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, he is just who let you in the room energy. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, uh, you, you know that meme, it's like, you need to leave. <laughs> Like that shit, yeah. That I feel like yeah. that's, that's Berman. Yeah, that is Berman. No, and it, I mean, I think it's in good fun, right? Like, I don't think anybody like hates Berman or whatever. Um, no, no, definitely uh, not. I really, he had a question towards Randall, and Randall was like, uh, "Mark, you're ridiculous." You know what I mean? I don't think anyone like yeah. that. You know, I don't. I think it's all good fun. Yeah. Although RJ, although, although he said something like, um, you know. If the, if the season's over and RJ's like, why are you so negative all the time? It's like RJ. Um, yeah, RJ is he he's still young. He he's still yeah, uh, he's yeah. still getting his chops through. Um, but no, I mean it, it's 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 all a good fun. I think even the Knicks Twitter has good fun with it. Um, you know, right, and we I don't like wish Berman any. Is. Yeah, we don't wish any ill will towards Berman. Yeah, I mean I think we all have good fun with it, right? Like I don't think anyone. Um, or like DJ Jazzy Jeff from like Fresh Prince. Like yeah, that, I mean it's fun. right exactly. I mean I think it's fun. I think it's fun to make fun of Berman though. It really is. Right. Yeah. Like I and and it feels like he knows he's the butt of everyone's jokes. But like he's like, oh yeah, this is or like Butters from South Park. He's just like, yeah, like I'm just happy to be here. Um, but you're pop culture. That's that's yeah. you. You are a public figure. And I am culture. a I am a music journalist, a cultural journalist. Uh, okay. for many places. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. with, with that, with that, um, Spike Lee, talk, talk to me about Spike Lee, Jay-Z, and kind of the influence on New York as a whole, the Knicks, and kind of how that puts you to where you are. Because, you know, like I said, I do my research. I know your tweets. These guys not only have profound influence on all of us, but they seem to have a very specific influence on you, especially based on how um, you're choosing to cover certain artists. I think Jay-Z less so as I've gotten older. Um, I think, I think, That's my, fair. yeah, yeah. I think I was really, really interested in Jay-Z, like when I was like really young and still am. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jay-Z is a really great rapper, honestly. Like the first yeah. six Jay-Z records are all really classic records, um, up until the blueprint. They're all really classic records. I think like, but for me, like, I mean, I have a Wu-Tang tattoo. Like the Wu-Tang is like, as I've gotten older, right. more and more like influenced my life and my being, uh, Wu-Tang, Rock Marciato, uh, Prodigy, Solo Prodigy in particular. Jay-Z, uh, but also, like, I try not to, especially as a rap fan, I think you do your, you do yourself a disservice if you only like New York artists, if you only listen to New York artists. So, I mean, I love, Out- I love Future, I love Outkast, I love I love 21 Savage, I love Young Thug. Uh, right, and the uh, Atlanta sound, despite, you know, be, it being fuck Trey Young always. Like, I, even though I, I have a Trey Young jersey in my, in my, uh, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I like, hate Trey Young that much. Like, I think, like, no, I, Trey Young did amazing things for, I think that the energy that Trey Young brings, it's a Reggie Miller type of energy where it's just like, you know, you're the bad guy. You know, you're the person that every, like people didn't come out yeah. here just to root for the news. It is, it is people Reggie. came out of here. Yeah. Right. People came out here to boo you. He is, and Reggie gets, Reggie got off on stuff like that. And Trey seems to get off on that too. Like Reggie's just right. like, oh, I like this. Like, I, I like being hated. You know what I mean? Like, um, right. Like I don't even think he'd like I don't even think he's like the type of person who's like using it to motivate himself. I just think he's just like, Oh yeah, cool, this is cool. Um I think he has fun with fun with fun with it. Um I like don't like the fact that fans will chant fuck Trey Young when when we're not playing the Hawks. Uh, I think it's a little corny. But um but yeah, I mean I, I enjoy rooting against them. Yeah, I mean yeah, I have been influenced by a lot of different music, a lot of different New York culture. Um French Montana and Max B. Like when they dropped Coke Wave, that was like also free to wave, free to wave. Yeah, yeah no, I mean people, that was people like to make jokes about French on Twitter, but I mean, yeah, but if those you were people, there, you were there. Yeah, yeah if, if you were, were there, there, you were there. If you were there, you were there. If you were there for like, Fran- if you were there for that early run of French and like up until like the Mac and right. Cheese and stuff, him and um, yeah, and him and um, I I feel so bad not I feel so bad blanking on this man's name because he he's no longer with us. Damn it, he ran with French. Oh, chicks. Chinks, chinks, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So, like, if if you're there for like early Coke Boy stuff, if you're there for like when he before he signed a Diddy, before like you know the the music stopped coming through the like when it was a more organic feel through through the music and the the imagery and everything, like you know Westchester Ave, all that. Like, if you know, you know. Like, if you if you were yeah, here, I mean, I'm, I'm, one, you were here for it. I think now he's like sober too, which is pretty, which is good for him. And I think like I, he seems to be doing better um, than he was a few years ago when when he was hospitalized. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Rock Marciano's. I mean, ten twenty of all time for me. Love, love uh, Kai. Um, love uh, Makami. Makami's from New Jersey, but love Makami. And so I think like, but. But I mean, I've been influenced by uh, Draco the Ruler recently, Oti Grito, uh, Rumble, um, Catchy the Great. I listened to the Rumble album that you uh, that you asked me to, or that you suggested, like six or seven months ago, or not even six or seven months ago. Um, like, it's Rumble. Three or four months ago. The, yeah, I, I listened to that. It's. it's I mean, um, I mean, Rumble's like a. Um, I think Harley said today on, on in in the piece he did for the blurb, he go for POW. He goes, I think he said something like. Rumble, I'm paraphrasing here. Sorry if I get it wrong, Harley. He goes, uh, Rumble's like MLA format and rap, and like he, <laughs> which I yeah, it's great. It's it's very yeah. very pronounced. It's very, it's very pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's Rumble. He, yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. it's Rumble. It's Rumble. Like, yeah. Touch, like yeah. I listened to Touchable while I was like playing Call of Duty or something. I was just like, oh shit, like I'm getting to a groove here. Like yeah. I'm murking niggas. I'm 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 like, oh, hold on. And then we before when there's money right in front of him. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. And oh, I'm no, just Rumble sitting there listening is... to him. Just like this is. Like this, this like I understand why you suggested the album and why like 
things like this influence you just because yeah and then and then you got the like things that are out now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then you got the michigan scene which is always good real the young og um uh babyface ray uh babytron um uh peril giovanni pz uh yeah i mean i mean uh rnc mike i mean you you, uh, michigan is, is 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 uh uh, BFQ to Pac-Man, yeah, Michigan's Michigan's been killing it too, um, and so I think, yeah, you, you know more than me in terms of like the the rap culture, and yeah. I you know, and I'll tell is... you one guy who uh, I'm obsessed with. From everyone, everyone on the internet is pretty much obsessed with. That was RSK nephew. Um, RSK nephew. I will make. Yeah. Sure, I'm gonna put that in my notes right. Yeah, now. I mean he's a he's he's a psycho artist. He makes what I you know like to consider Reddit rap, and he's you know a really singular artist, but in, in the absurdity, there's a lot of pain in it. And, and he's terrific, which is, which is like rap is absurdity with pain, right? Like that is rap. Music. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's a good, there's a good equilibrium in the game right now. The problem with the game, it's been a tough year. It's, it's been a tough year for, to be a hip hop fan, like increasing right. levels of voyeurism, increasing uh, levels of, of, you know, misconduct increasing levels of a um the industry kind of the industry politics of the game too unfortunately and so it's right. been a little bit of a difficult year but the music still remains great and um right uh, i i i liked a lot of the music this year i mean i i really enjoyed tyler's album this year um my call Com- me if you get lost yeah call me yeah. if you get lost my commies two records arm and hammer's record it was really good rumbles record was really good um shitty boys two was right. very good yeah i mean yeah, so uh, um, Bruiser uh, uh, Bruiser Brigade too is, is really great. Uh, Danny Brown's crew, um, they, they, their records were really good this year too. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent in the game currently. Um, when it comes to Spike Lee, I was actually watching He Got Game the other day. Um, Spike is like <laughs> classic. Yeah, I mean Spike Spike is Spike is one of the greatest to me. Even even the movies that people think that Spike made that aren't that good are great. They're great. Yeah, they have I, such a yeah, wide my palette. Is pretty close with Spike. Oh my yeah. god! They have such a wide palette, such a uh, interesting um, look at the world, and interesting look of, uh, of being black in New York, right? You know, in New York, right? We all hate each other. In New York, we're all on top of each other. We're all fighting for the same resources. We're fighting for the same land. And Spike movies right. reflect that. They constantly reflect that. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I watched Do the Right Thing a few weeks ago, and I think I literally walked away thinking it's the greatest American movie ever made. Because like, what well, one? It's the greatest. It's one you can argue it's the greatest movie on race ever made. But two, there's a level of just like, we are fighting for the same scraps. This is a hot summer day where personalities clash and chrome meets chrome, right? Like uh, like the infamous Jay Z bar. And so like, there's a level right. of, and I think and I think, you know, do the right thing reflects that. I mean, even a movie, even a movie like uh, Jungle Fever, which which, regrettably has some like goofy scenes in it is still rooted in this idea right. of blackness and assimilation and uh, white lust that is like immensely interesting and things that like you think about every single day as a black people. Right. Not, I mean, not, not, not a single person thinks about it every day, but they, it, things like that can co- come up in everyday black life all the time, um, uh, especially in the white man's world that we live in. And so like Spike to me is... You know, uh, it's like for me, it's like Spike, Billy Wilder, like Scorsese, right? I mean, Scorsese, Spike, Billy Wilder, you know, Sidney uh, LeMay, uh, and the list goes on and on, right? Uh, Mr. Tarantino, right, right, I mean, right. yeah, the list goes on and on. Uh, so I think for I think for what Spike did in terms of me for movies was I felt like he was a director that was directing with rage, but also, okay. but. Oh, at times directing with rage, but also at times directing, but also directing with such humanity, right? Bamboozled is a is a record with a lot of rage, but also has um, interesting things in it uh, from Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, right? Like, right. Twenty um, fourth hour uh, has a lot of rage in it from Ed Norton, but there's also like immensely sweet scenes with Ed Norton and Brian Cox, and and Twenty Four Hours is a little bit on the overrated side for me, but it's still fantastic, um, right? Yeah, I mean, Inside Man is is great. What a movie! Inside Man's great. Even Chirac, which is a much, which is a movie that's much criticized, I think it's an excellently crafted movie, uh, right. incredibly made. 
And I, I think I think we have uh, a lot of things for Spike Lee. I really do. Yeah, uh, and I think that you know, if there is any more of a perfect person to kind of be a parallel to the Knicks and kind of like the turmoil and the rampant emotion and the pain and the anger and the joy, you know, it's Spike Lee. It's it's Spike Lee and how he does how he does his films and kind of just how you know he's he's the associated act with the Knicks. Yes, like, you know, like when when people come into the Garden. You know they come to piss off the crowd, but you know, they they come to piss off Spike Lee even more, and it's it's a cultural thing. And you know, I I graduated with a degree in sociology. Uh, the the cultural aspects of of sports are kind of what we do this for. And you know, like I said, I know the tweets. Um, I look at the tweets. So uh, the, this is kind of just to to end it out. Um, my favorite tweet of yours: Why are you so hostile? Because I want to watch the Knicks on television. Talk to us about that. Um, that is a in a Woody Allen movie. That is in a Woody Allen movie. I we, we I know it's it's for I know speaking of Woody Allen nowadays is a little bit like taboo, but um, yeah. I mean, but you know, Mr. Allen's a you know, I mean, he's he he is the other than Philip Roth and you know other other great uh, Jewish artists. I mean, Woody's like you know a top five Jewish person of, uh, in. in, in five-time Jewish Jewish artist of all time. Um, right. And so Annie Hall is a terrific movie. It's a wonderful movie. And it doesn't have the sicko behavior of Woody Allen. Of yeah. Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not Manhattan. Um, right, 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 right. Um, and it, it, it's it's a great love story between him and Diane Keaton. And, and in, the, in the first half of the movie, or the first 20 minutes, rather, of the movie, it's kind of like his life up to this point, his romance life up to this point. And so he's married to a woman who's like, and I've been married to the, I'm not married. I've never been married. Ladies out there, I've never been married. But I've been uh, in relationships with women who did not understand this basketball shit. Did not understand this right. New York Knicks shit. Like, didn't get yeah. it. Like, uh, I don't understand how you sweaty basketball. Whatever, what's so fun about two about men fighting over a basketball and putting it into a hole? It's like they don't understand. It's like certain women they just don't get it, and like they don't even want to get it. It's like you know they're just too bougie to get it. And <laughs> right, and like <laughs> I'm gonna get myself in trouble. And like, and so um, you know, Woody, they're going to this party. And she's like, why? And Woody's like making jokes about like the people who are at the party, you know, but he's a bunch of like intellectual uh, New Yorker pricks or whatever. I think he calls them something like that. So it, it's something about like, uh, uh, about like these, 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 these intellectual writers that, that he's with or whatever. And she's like, why are you so hostile? And he's like, cause I want to watch the Knicks on television. And it's like one of my favorite lines in the movie. It's like really right. innocuous and small, but it's like one of my favorite, like, this is a Jewish New Yorker. You know, Alvi, right. Alvi is the Woody's characters. In Annie Hall, this is a Jewish New Yorker who just wants to watch the Knicks on television and doesn't want to talk to anybody else. It's like that is also my energy at times in my life. Right. <laughs> just want to watch the Knicks on television. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, right, so. right. I'm the same way with my Mets. I'm the same way with the Knicks. Oh yeah, I forgot you're a, you're part of the Mets dysphoria. I. <laughs> Why would you describe it like that? <laughs> uh, yes, I am Francisco Lindor Hive. I am I am uh, Jacob Degrom Hive. I am. Anything orange and blue in New York, I am a fan of, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, um, I'm not a Yankees guy. I, I am like a huge. I am a huge. Oh, trust me, I know. Trust I'm me, a huge Yankees guy. Uh, go Yanks! Hal Steinbrenner should be jailed. He should be forcibly removed, as if like we stormed the Capitol. Uh, we need to storm <laughs> Yankee Stadium like they stormed the Capitol. And remove <laughs> and remove Hal Steinbrenner from like the fucking office of the ownership, Look, and just take over the whole shit. I was I was praying on your downfall and uh, take like, over the whole shit, and then I'm gonna sign Carlos Correa <laughs> and do a number of other things as well. Like okay, okay, Correa. Listen, if any Yankee fan out there does not want Carlos Correa, what are you even? What are you even doing? <laughs> What are you even talking about? So good. He's so good at baseball. He's so good at baseball. What are we really doing? Yeah, he cheated, bro. Yeah, bro, it's baseball. The idea of baseball is to cheat. It's cheating. Yeah. Yo, they've been cheating in baseball since like 1910, bro. <laughs> <It's> like... 
Bro, so we, I, I have a theory. We've been cheating in baseball since they weren't even letting black people play. So why do we care about cheating? Bro? Right, right. <laughs> and I, I have a theory. I, I have a theory about Cy Young. I am 100% certain that Cy Young learned his fastball from a slave. And until someone disproves that theory to me. I'm sure he did, bro. I'm sure he did. And, and I will take this to the grave with me also. Babe Ruth, I don't care that he was actually Dominican. I don't care. That was a white man. <laughs> so, like, well, okay. So, like, Babe Ruth is a little bit different, actually. I have a little bit of a different opinion on Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth actually defies the era that he lived in. Absolutely. So, so, like, so, like, yeah, like, obviously, like, Babe Ruth, like, if he played now, probably would be, like, a little whacker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he never faced Satchel Page. Just, like, you know what I mean? But, like. Right. But in 27, Ruth hit more home runs than, like, half of the teams in the league. Like, more than half right. of the teams in the league, Ruth hit more home runs than that. That defies, like, that statistic, like, defies, like, any, like, if you're right. that much better. Yeah, yeah. If you're that much better than your competition, even in, like, 1920, that's your generation. Your generation. Yeah. Like, that's saying a lot. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we yeah. shouldn't be talking about yeah. the. We shouldn't be talking about who you played or whatever. It doesn't matter because you are. No, doing, no, Ruth, Ruth, yeah. Ruth is good for me in like American history and like baseball history. Like I have no Absolutely. issues. I have no Absolutely. issues with like Ruth being like, oh, it's Babe Ruth. Like no, like if you hit more home runs, like just think about that for a second. Like he hit sixty home runs in twenty seven, and that was more than like more than half the league of team, team more than half the teams in the league. He hit more home runs than more than half the teams in the league. That is like you're so much better than the rest of your competition. It's like not even fair, right? And so point, like, like at that point, you should have been playing another yeah. league. It's like at that point they should. Of like fucking like uh, uh, put him in prison or put him at a circus. It's like you know what I mean. And so like, right. Ruth, Ruth is really to me. All those guys who like took steroids. This is my baseball thing. All those guys who took steroids for the most part, they're wavy to me. Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Clemens, Absolutely. Clemens was come on, bro. Clemens was throwing back. Clemens was so Clemens was so fucking juiced up that when Piazza broke his bat, he threw the bat right back at Piazza. I remember watching that on TV. I remember watching. Bro, that on he TV. was different, bro. Clemens was Clemens was bro. That and that type of intimidation factor the Yankees are missing now. Like we need guys like that back. We need some white psychos. We need some like motherfuckers right here throwing bats at people. The Yankees don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? And so like Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. He's has like four hundred career, three hundred something career wins. Like Clemens was was the man. You got, or I mean, he was a, a sicko, but uh, you know, he was a great pitcher. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, good his job. Good his good job. His, I mean, A Rod should be, bro. A Rod should be in the Hall of Fame. Manny Ramirez should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Sheffield should be in the Hall the, of Fame. The best like, era of the best era of baseball ever is noted as the steroid era. So, like, clearly the best era of baseball. And clearly. The, the second best era of baseball is the cocaine era. So, like. Maybe let's another great era. down on huge era. The Keith cocaine Hernandez, era. Keith huge Hernandez, yeah. Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, and Dave Mike Parker. Go- all these dudes, go- all these right. dudes just, doing coke and then getting out there and just getting after it, bro. Yeah, of course, bro. Coke and greenies. Coke and greenies. That's coke all they need. That's all they need, bro. Um, baseball, I, I don't know if you watched. Uh, baseball yeah. is a type of sport that needs to have extracurricular activities going on. I think. At all times. At all no, times. At all times. I love baseball. I actually really, really love baseball to death. Like, I love the game of baseball. Same. Baseball is actually yeah, no, seriously, yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, so basketball is my favorite sport, especially to, like, to, my basketball is, like, my favorite sport to watch. And, like, and I play basketball. And, like, it's my favorite sport in general. But, like, baseball. I can talk baseball with anybody. I love, like, statistics, right. baseball stats. Like, baseball is the shit. Bro, right. baseball needs to have extracurricular activities happening at all times. Seriously. So... One of the best moments of the year, I thought, was the Subway Series when Francisco Lindor hit the three home runs, but Jan Carlos Stanton hit the two home runs, and they're going back and forth, and they're doing the little whistling thing at each other, and Javi Baez comes over, and they're yeah. doing the, it's upsetting me and my homegirls act. Like, yeah, I was just and like, then Brent Carter did the thumbs down thing. That was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But like, it, it's it's... It's New York. It's the emotion. It's all of that. And that's something that I don't think can be recreated anywhere. And I think when it comes to the Knicks, mm-hmm. that like, that's kind of what a Julius Randle is missed. Like, you know, the just the fire under him, that would really set everything off and, and kind of kick us into the next era of like, great Knicks basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I think, I think that, I think that as well. I think that as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. But I mean, your brother has been an hour. Oh, wow. Um, right. My man. Right. We, we, we can do this whenever yeah. we can do this. No, yeah. yeah. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Whenever you want, bro. bro. You're a friend of the show. I, I cannot express how much that you are helping me by doing this because you're the one with the platform. I appreciate my guy. Um, I appreciate that. I'll, yeah. I'll come on anytime. You know, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your family. And, yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Um, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Plug yourself. Plug your work. Talk about upcoming. Talk about whatever you want in the next like two minutes. The floor is yours. All brother. right. Um, name's Jason Buford. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jason Buford. J a y s o n b u f o r d. Uh, I write about music for Rolling Stone, GQ, The Fader, Stereo Gum, Passion of the Weiss. Uh, we're trying to, yo, 2022, we're trying to aim higher. We're going to get into the New Yorker. We're going to get into the Atlantic. We're going to get into the New York Times. I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but that's what we're aiming for. Um, <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, um, I, I write about, I, I, I do some more cultural stuff under the music too I, I wrote about succession this past succession season which was so good so good you're playing toy fucking soldiers <laughs> well i'm not gonna lie i still can't get the mocking of shiv out my head it is actually one of the meanest things ever done on that show today it's really fucked up no, 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 no. the only thing that she... might be meaner is Roman in season one with the little kid in the baseball. Yes. I thought that was yeah, super. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the low key, like, see, they treat other people as cattle, but, like, what's crazy is, like, they don't treat each other, like, that poorly. Like, they do, but they just, like, talk shit to each other. But, like, right. Logan was, like, treating them, like, I mean, Logan does treat them poorly, but Logan, but, like, in a, in a more of a contextual way. This, right. This, when they show up to, at, 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 in that office, or wherever the the wherever the uh, the the, the uh, how, how shall you say kind of the crunch was happening, um, right. he is like legitimately mean to them. Like it was legitimately like y'all are fucking peasants. Y'all are like go fuck off and like yeah. and like and like the mocking of like Shiv is going hard at him too. Like no, because you need a signature. And he's like yo, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I'm watching it live, and I remember when he did it. I was like, <laughs> just like "He did not just get at her." <laughs> and Absolutely. If, if you're Sarah Snook, Sarah Snook is an incredible actress. She's been, she's been she's so good. She's been though. really she's great. Amazing. She was really great this season. If you're Sarah right. Snook, you have to feel some type of way because I know like it's just acting, but like. <laughs> It, that felt personal. No, it felt personal. It felt like, Brian Cox personal. is so good at his job that is <laughs> you gotta yeah, do, nah, you, you gotta do you, you think I sound like, like that? The trailer. Yeah, you can't go on the trailers the next day and be like, oh yeah, no, no, good. because you need like, a super joy <laughs> Right, yeah, no, we nah you know no season break. Like after this, let's not talk until we gotta do the read through for season four. Because otherwise I don't know, man. Yeah, like, yeah. and it was crazy how Roman pulled up to the shit and was like, and was like, but like, why are you doing this? Like, we love you. Like, you could just like not do this to us, and like, you could just be nice to us, <laughs> and right? You could just be like kind and like not like just, yeah, like, like you could just, you could just like not like uproot our lives like this, like violate our shit like this, and like <laughs> he's like. <laughs> and he's, but I'm doing. He's this, like, but so. I'm doing this. He's like, he, yeah. He, he, he literally is just like, you come in here. With with guns in hands, and then you find a ton of sausages, and you talk about love, bro. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> he, literally, he, he literally like looks at Roman and is just like, "You're fucking bugging, love. Get the fuck out, bro." Yeah, <laughs> he's, like, like, he's, like, he's like, "Love does not live here anymore, bro. We don't." Like, he's like, "Yo, I don't fuck with none of you kids." He's like, you know? <laughs> "Amazing TV, amazing oh man, TV. amazing television, man." What I really love about that show, and like some people disagree about this kind of. But what I really love about that show, it's it's a little bit of a art imitates life, life imitates art, right? Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's good if it's good if we have art that that reminds us of of or or art that moves us or has a satire in a way that um, is kind of not unique to us and is like re more relatable to us. Right. But I'm kind of sort of happy Succession isn't like The Wire. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, yeah, all, all it cares about, all Succession cares about is being a banger-ass television show. That's all it cares right. about. All it cares about is being funny. All it cares about is being well-acted and, and expertly crafted. And just, it just cares about being a fucking banger. It feels like an old-school type of art in that type of way that you can watch it and it's just like, oh, this is such a banger of a show. And, like, I mean, the scenes, the, the, the scenes in the pa- in the last three um, uh, episodes from the from honestly from episode six when they go meet the fascist people to the final run is maybe the best run of of the series history today. Like, right? I think I think I think my issue. I think my one issue with the season is episode one and episode two should be the same episode. I think that. yeah. I think episode yeah, one and episode two should be in the same episode. I don't think it should have been. I think they messed up a little bit on the on the um, sequencing of the episodes. I don't know how much of that is like COVID related though. Like low key, like there's a lot of different stuff that went on in this season that I've heard about. Um, right. But that final stretch of episodes, <laughs> you'd be hard pressed to find like any better, well sequenced. Uh, well shot right. episodes like in, in television that you'll that you'll see. I mean it it's it's a banger of a show. I mean way better than Breaking Bad to me. It's it's about up as uh, on par. I mean we're only three seasons in, but it's about on par as Mad Men was for me. Like uh, it. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's fair. one. It's one step shorter than Sopranos in the Wire, but like up where Mad Men was for me. And Mad Men's an amazing show too. And so like I, right. like um. Yeah, yeah, what a banger ass television show, man. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I really just yeah. love it. I just like, fucking love the show. Like, I think it's like it's a great, yeah, no, it's, it's a great show to watch. It's an amazing show. I see myself in like a lot of the characters. There's no well, so like I see myself in the Pacific um, universal truths that a lot of the characters have, right? The universal right. truth of like Kendall and and his demons and Roman's crassitude and his sexual depravity. And there's a level of like. Um, you can see you can you can see these things crashing into your real world as well, um, right? Even though these people are not in the same social structure as you, and I think, right. yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm immensely grateful for the television show. I think it's a great program. <laughs> but all right, my brother, this has been episode four of the You Wing Some, You Lose Some podcast. Follow us at Nick's Lead, K-N-I-C-K-S-L-E-A-D, and that's the show. Bing bong, baby. Yeah.